0: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the DemCast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, quarantined in D.C. Today, I'm going to be talking with Fred Guttenberg. He's an activist against gun violence. His 14-year-old daughter, Jamie, was killed in the Stoneman Douglas High School shooting on February 14th, 2018. He's written a book called Find the Helpers. We're going to talk about that. He's also going to share his experience after that shooting, the, the experience he had with Joe Biden. So we're going to get into that. But before I get into the interview, I want to say a couple of things. I'm going to try to keep this brief because I did do a much longer outro than I usually do. I, I'm i not having a good day. I told Fred this, <laughs> and he was aware. I've, I've just been having a very difficult time ever since Ruth Bader Ginsburg passed. I've been scared. So I kind of let loose after Fred and I talk and i'll just give you a warning i am very emotional i was crying and i was probably the most emotional that i've ever been on any podcast i am a very emotional person privately i don't always express i mean i'm i think i'm honest with everybody when i you know when i do a podcast i'm always honest but i don't always like cry or or get like into the fear well today is a little bit different story and actually talking with fred was a good thing for me personally. I mean, I'm taking this like in a selfish way, because his book, Find the Helpers, as he describes, I'm going to have to find my helpers, because I'm having a tough time. I don't have grief like he's experiencing, but I'm certainly anticipating so much possible negative. I mean, you know, with, with, with the Supreme Court's justice being rammed through, losing health care, what's going to happen to social security, what's going to happen to gun rights, what's going to happen to abortion, all this stuff. It's just swimming in my head. And I am completely overwhelmed. Today is one of those days that as I was waiting and preparing to talk to Fred, uh, before this podcast, I had a hard time keeping it together. I'm in a bad mood and I'm, I'm definitely, you know, I hate to use the word victim, but I'm, I'm, uh, a victim of this experience we're in. I'm trying to keep it together. And I get I do get messages from a lot of people who follow me on social media. And they say, you know, oh, or if they listen to Bob, or they listen to Bob and I on the after party on his show, they'll say, you know, you guys are keeping me going. Well, today, I kind of I guess I'm going to need people to help me, because I'm having a really hard time. So just fair warning, at the end of the interview with Fred, I completely lose it and break down and cry. <laughs> it just all kind of comes out. My nose is stopped up. It's just all out there. But you know, I left it in, I kept it, I'm I'm, I'm going to post it. Because I think that it's something we all feel. I think that some days are good, and some days aren't. Today is just not a good day for me. So There's that. I'm also going to be talking tomorrow on Patrons Only with Steph Walton. We're going to have a really good conversation. I know it. I'm very much looking forward to talking to her. She's definitely going to be one of my helpers. And I think I'm going to be using this term find the helpers now because we all need our helpers. Anyway, don't forget, I am now an Amazon associate. And I'm going to include a link to the text description of the show. It says Amazon. I think it just says Amazon link. You can go there. When you shop on Amazon, use that link. Because I am a participant in the Amazon Services LLC Associates program. It's an affiliate advertising program designed to provide a means for me to earn fees by linking Amazon and affiliated sites. So that would be super awesome if you would do that. And then also, the Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners, and it's woman-run. I don't use corporate backers. I don't use advertisers. It's you, the patrons, who keep this show going. So... As I say every show, I am so grateful for each and every one of you. I love what I do, despite my shitty mood and my crying at the end of this interview. I love what I do so much. So if you enjoy today's show, please take a look at the About page. You can t- check out some of my uh, past guests. Most of the time, I talk to people in the political world, but occasionally, because I used to be an actor, I talk to actors, and you know, we focus on their craft. But here's how I do it. I do fr- two free shows on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then twice a month, I do patrons-only shows. So if you sign up for $4 or less, you can get, this is how I'm working it now, you get the two free shows delivered to your email box, plus you get one patrons-only show. If you sign up for $5 or more, you get all the free shows, plus you get both patrons-only shows. So that's how it is. But you don't have to go by the tiers I offer. I have you know $2 tiers, $5 tiers you can go to the five dollar tier and create whatever dollar amount you want. but I think my highest one right now is a hundred. So I have one for like 25, one for 40, one for two, whatever you could sign up for like two bucks. and if you're like, hey, I really love the show and I want to continue to support it and I want that second patrons only show, sign up for five dollars, sign up for ten dollars, whatever you want just visit patreon.com slash me up. You can also make a one time donation by checking out the text in my Patreon description. I include my email and my PayPal email that goes to my PayPal. So you could do that. Some people like to do that. You can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher and wherever podcasts are found. Don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts and become a subscriber. It's free, and while you're there, please, please, please rate the show, and if possible, leave a review. You only have to say, hey, I really love this show. That's all you have to say. So that's going to be it. Uh, just one more reminder. I'm going to do my interview with Fred now, and then after my interview with Fred, I kind of lose my fucking mind. <laughs> so if you want to stick around for that, know that I have recorded this after I've lost my mind, so you can see that I'm, I'm getting better. I'm feeling a little better. But just wanted to give you that heads up. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Fred Guttenberg. Welcome to the show, Fred.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Well, I, I'm really, I'm, I'm honored that you're here, really. I, I commend what you're doing. You're an amazing man. And I just want, you know, I, I want, I don't know if my listeners are fully aware of your story. So you've just written a book, and we're going to get to that in a minute. But I mm-hmm. saw this video circulating on Twitter That was it was you and you were describing the day of the shooting and how your son called you. And then you later described what happened with your interactions with Joe Biden. So I'm just Mm -hmm. wondering if you would go over that and kind of catch our listeners up or my listeners up to your experience there.
1: Yeah. You know, listen, um, I had been pretty public with the fact that Joe Biden had reached out to me Mm -hmm. not long after Jamie was killed, um, maybe 10 days after. And then several weeks after that, we actually uh, had a chance to meet in person. And it wasn't just a two-minute conversation either time. I mean, both times, he spent about 40, 45 minutes. Wow. uh, Talking about getting through grief, talking to me about what that's going to look like and strategies to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and I felt like I was talking to an uncle. Wow. and I had been very open and public about how meaningful it was and how, honestly, the advice he gave me to get through grief was the most meaningful anyone had given. Wow. Um, and what had happened was, as this presidential campaign went on, I was not endorsing anybody. Hmm. I wanted them all talking about the issues of gun violence. Mm-hmm. And the Biden campaign reached out to me wanting to know if even though i wasn't going to endorse if i would be willing to do a, uh, a video for them just about our interactions mm-hmm. uh, and i said with uh, without a doubt a hundred percent yes because i had nothing but respect for the guy yeah um, and uh so we did the video uh went went public you know shown a hot. Um, i still had not endorsed him An endorsement came later on in time. Uh, I actually decided to endorse him the night of the South Carolina primary. And I was sitting around a campfire with a bunch of friends. I made the decision. Hmm. Um, But but um, listen, the video tells my story. Mm -hmm. It tells what happened the day of February 14th. It tells the aftermath. It tells about how Vice President Biden for me and my family, what he's done for so many others across this country, which was, in his own private way, the human being that he is, he reached out. Yeah. Um, not for publicity. He just reached out to say, I hope you're okay. Wow. Um, and he is a truly, truly special man. Mm-hmm. Uh, as genuine, as decent, as empathetic as you will find. Be committed to this issue that has broken my family, Um, and um, I hope this country comes out in massive numbers to vote for.
0: Oh, yes, so do I. Um, Definitely, I'm feeling it today. I'm really, really feeling it. Um, I'd like to know, before we get into your book, um, first of all, how old was Jamie? 14. And what is Jamie's law?
1: So Jamie's law is... Uh, extending background checks to ammunition. It's that simple. Mm -hmm. Um, You currently have about 400 million weapons on the streets of America today, not all in the hands of people who you would want them to be in the hands of. Mm -hmm. And if you're a prohibited buyer of a firearm in this country, by law, you're also prohibited by ammunition. The problem is there's no requirement for a background check on ammunition. Mm -hmm. So you could be an evil person with evil intent who happens to have guns you couldn't go buy another gun legally, yeah. But you can walk into any store and buy the bullets, right? Um, because there's no requirement for a background check. Jamie's law seeks to extend background checks to ammunition.
0: And you said the bullet wasn't partisan. The reaction to Jamie's death was partisan, and I mean, I think we've all witnessed that. Um, yeah. How the Republicans have been behaving? The NRA. Uh, you've been to battle with the NRA. I've seen it. Um, yeah. It just. It a meant, bit. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, I
0: said a bit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I I I commend you for that. That the NRA, actually, I mean, they they do scare me. Actually, they freak me out because all of this scares me. I mean, not I don't I don't say that in in a way that I cower. It's just that you know they're they're a frightening group and they're powerful. I'm I'm certainly happy to see that Letitia James is on uh, the the New York uh, AG is on this and she's going after them and I do hope that she is able to bring them down. Um, but then the last thing I wanted to ask you real quick is the significance of the orange ribbon. I heard you tell this story, and it's just uh-huh. amazing. And I just I want you to tell that again here.
1: Well, I, and I will. But but going back to the NRA for a second. Okay, yeah. They're 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 not frightening. They're they're a bunch <laughs> of loud mouths. Um, the majority of the members <clears throat> are are decent people who are right, out in communities right. mining their business. Their leadership. They have a lot of money. They use it to engage in gun sales, mm-hmm. um, and they steal their membership dues mm-hmm. to buy expensive haircuts and take really great vacations, which is why Letitia James is going after right, that. Right, yeah. They're, they're not scary. They're criminal. They're, they are They are frauds, and they need to be broken, and that's coming. So, um, You are correct. Mo- <laughs> moving on to the orange ribbon. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jamie's favorite color was orange. Mm -hmm. And the day she was killed, um, Jamie was a competitive dancer. Her dance sisters all got together at the studio that night and started making orange ribbons um, to honor my daughter. Mm -hmm. And the following day, they all marched into our house wearing their orange ribbons and with a basket of thousands of orange ribbons that they had made for us. Um, which you know we ended up giving out at Jamie's funeral. Yeah. Uh, when they were in our house, they went to Jamie's room and took photos of themselves up there and posted those photos. Those photos then went viral, hmm. and the dance community around, not just the country but around the world, started wearing orange ribbons. Um, uh, dance competitions were um, honoring Jamie. Broadway shows were dedicating. A performances to Jamie where they were all wearing orange ribbons, mm-hmm. and so the orange ribbon very quickly became a powerful symbol. Weeks later, after Jamie was killed, um, I was in the store wearing an orange ribbon, and somebody asked me what it was for. And when I told them, they said, "You know, that's the color of the gun safety." Movement. Mm-hmm. Um, hm. And I had not known that. You know, hm. it's not like this was a part of my life before this. Yeah, and. That was the day I decided that I needed to take what I was calling the orange ribbons movement. Mm-hmm. And I decided to start a foundation called mm-hmm. orange ribbons for Jamie to honor causes important to Jamie in life, but also to educate on why her life was cut short. And with the intention of making the orange ribbon, the symbol of the gun safety movement, Yeah, which I think we've succeeded in yes. pretty well.
0: You, you have and your your dedication and your passion is just incredible. I mean I you know I, I am in awe of what you're doing and I, I, I so I appreciate it. And when I say, you know I, I am having a very hard time today. I, I'm completely freaked out about what what the what's happening with the Supreme Court, with what's happening with mm-hmm. Trump, we all are. Um, and so I think I'm, I'm, I'm going through this very uncomfortable. I mean, I'm so uncomfortable. I woke up uncomfortable, you know, and it's like I'm, we've all been going through this. We're all in it together. But some days are harder than others. And I am having one of the hard days. So it's like everything is scary to me. <laughs> when I say the mm-hmm. NRA is scary, I just mean it's like, oh, my God, I feel so completely overwhelmed. And I think this is probably the for me personally, this is one of the more difficult days during this administration just because of I understand what we're up against. But the experience that you had, the death of your daughter led you, I believe, to write this book, Find the Helper. So let's Correct. dig in. And first of all, why that title?
1: Well, you know, so so four months before Jamie was killed, um, my brother had passed away from cancer related to his service in nine eleven, huh. And so my family was already going through real brief and trauma mm-hmm. from one american tragedy and then this hit which just brought to a level a thousand times worse Jeez. and following jamie's murder writing became my therapy mm-hmm. uh, you know i was journaling i was writing on twitter and several months later i decided i just wanted to start writing a book mm-hmm. uh, to put my story on paper Uh, I actually spent the next year working on it without any kind of publishing deal or anything like that because I just wanted to write my story Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: my voice. Um, As I went forward with this and started, you know, and as I got done writing the first version of the book, it became clear to me that what really made my story so amazing was actually all the people who stepped into my life or were part of my life and carried me. Mm-hmm. and who got in moments and who um, showed me the way and who lifted me up when I was feeling really broken. And and so Mr. Rogers who I grew up watching uh, <laughs> has a very famous quote where he basically says you know, my mother always told me whenever there is tragedy or terrible things happening to always look for the helpers, the firemen, the policemen, your doctors, your mm-hmm. neighbors, um, and then says, as long as there are helpers, there is hope.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Well, my book, my story, is one of helpers. And so that's why I decided on the title, Find the Helpers. Hmm. And that's why my book really evolved into a story of all of the amazing people who carry me. Uh, And we all, listen, you mentioned going through a really tough time. Mm Mm-hmm. I always now tell people when you're going through tough times, always reach out to those who are your helpers, Mm -hmm. who can lift you, who can say that thing to you that you need said to bring you to a better place, but also know you should always be there for others as a helper as well.
0: Yes. Wow. That makes me want to cry (laughs) because I think, you know, I mean, there's just like, I I imagine each day, um, you know, each individual as we're all experiencing this, Um, Trump nightmare, and everything that's involved with it, and the Republican nightmare, we have our bad days. And you know, I I do have a really good support system. And so you saying that it just it just reminds me to, uh, to look for that, because I I do have people in my life that will help me. And it's a good reminder. I actually I haven't gotten your book, I didn't it just come out? When did it when was it released?
1: it, It came out, it started coming out last week.
0: Okay. I'm going to get it because I'm, I'm going to need it. <laughs>
1: oh. uh,
0: <laughs> uh, I, I, well, I, think I'll always
1: be here for you if you oh. need that. So. <laughs> well,
0: I appreciate it. And you know, I, I want to kind of just put it out there. You know, I, 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 feel a little bad just because today it is, it's, I'm struggling. I'm having a really tough day. And so it's like, I felt bad because I thought, Oh my God, I have to interview Fred. And I want to, I want to be up and, and all this stuff. And it's just, it's like, we're watching what's happening and it's getting to me. And I'm, I'm wondering what you're thinking. Um, I'm wondering what you're thinking as far as where we're headed. You know, I mean, obviously, I've talked to a bunch of people recently. For instance, I spoke with Glenn Kirshner yesterday. I spoke with Mm -hmm. um, Noel Castor last week. A number of people seem to believe that Joe Biden is going to win by a landslide. But then there's the whole possibility that it'll be a close election and he wants to put a Supreme Court justice in there that will basically rule in favor of him keeping his position. And I mean I I'm I'm so like scattered in my mind. I'm half hopeful, I'm half dreadful. Where are you?
1: So so first things first, um Glenn, I'm a big fan of Glen's. Uh, we all and, are <laughs> uh, yeah he's a he's an amazing person. yeah so if he gets a chance to listen to me saying this. Where am <laughs> I? Um, You just actually nailed, I think, (laughs) how I feel. Joe Biden needs to win in a landslide, and I think he will. Um, I think there is a lot of uh, crazy on the other side Mm -hmm. trying to create as much fear and anxiety as possible, and you're feeling that, by Mm -hmm. the way. Yeah, yeah. What you just described is fear and anxiety, because fear and anxiety will cause people maybe to— decide not to vote right um so what where am i uh, as i tell everybody tune out the noise there's nothing can't fix if you vote mm-hmm. get out and vote right we need a massive vote massive turnout we need people to show up and get out and vote if we vote we can fix this don't wait till the last minute mm-hmm. whatever state you're in your state's laws. Be prepared to vote mm-hmm. as early as possible. Yes. Um, you know, because the closer we get to election day, the more anxiety this current administration is going to try to produce. Um, but no matter what they do, it's nothing more than noise. Right. Get out and vote. Yeah, we fix this if we show up and we vote. And and I do believe it's going to be massive. Uh, but but. We have to do it. Yeah. And and yes, the Supreme Court, they're going to try to ram a justice down everyone's throats for Election Day for this exact purpose. Yeah. Um, to, to create, again, anxiety. In people think, oh, my God, my vote's not going to matter because the right. Supreme Court. No, it does matter. Get out and
0: vote. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, I'm totally with you on that. I mean, as, as, as afraid as I am, and I totally get that that's what they're doing. You know, I mean, I don't know if you've seen my pinned tweet or are aware. But when I was 12 years old, I lived in Soviet Russia. And so I had the experience of understanding what it was like to live in a like a police state. Now, I don't think we're on a way to Soviet Russia. I think that if Trump wins and everybody on the right gets their way, we'll basically just have like a modern day kind of like a Russian oligarchy system where most like the the people who have the money, the 1% have all the power and all the money and the rest of us are just working to keep them happy. And, and it's much harder just for an average person to succeed and get along. And I think that that's where we're headed if the if the right has its way. But I absolutely I mean, I wrote a book on voting on the importance of voting. So I totally I'm with you. I mean, and I think that we have to I tweeted about this today, we have to avoid that, that red mirage that we've been warned about. There was that bloom uh, or Bloomberg Bloomberg or Axios, I can't remember who it was. It was a Bloomberg group, but somebody did a study where they thought, all right, because Democrats tend to vote by mail and Republicans tend to vote in person, there's going to be this possible red mirage that's going to... Yeah. on
1: Election Day, mm-hmm. and, and, and that Trump's going to claim victory yeah. on Election Day because that day's vote Right. Move. Listen, um, I'm not buying it. Um, I think the thing that people can do. <laughs> number one, there's going to be a huge mail-in vote. There's no question. Yeah. But but people, most states now also have early vote. Yes. So just show up and vote early. You know, use drop boxes. You know, there's there's ways to do this um, where you know your vote's going to count in an appropriate way and count on time for election for yeah. election of everything.
0: Um, yeah. And I think that that is, I think, you know, as long as people just stick to that. And I mean, I saw that there, I think it might be in this, in Arizona, it's the same in Arizona, but in, in, um, Oh, what state is it? I'll have to go look it up. Uh, Oh, Pennsylvania. So they have a thing where there's like the, they got rid of the naked ballots. You have to put your ballot in a smaller envelope and then put that into another envelope. And if it's not in the smaller envelope, they're not going to count it. And I, I think the stats were something about 30% of those votes were returned because they weren't in the smaller envelope. So it's like, I definitely encourage people to like you were saying earlier, find out what the rules are. And, you know, each state is different. And if you do not follow your rules and just do it. Yeah. And if you don't follow them, your vote will not count. So people have to be very, very well aware of that. Um, quickly though, I want to go back to your book. What, I mean, I know you said that, that it's just about finding these people who will help you, but what do you think? Why would you tell people to read it? Like, what is, what is the reason people need to read your book?
1: Because you know what? Um, Everyone goes through moments in life, some amazing moments, some really hard moments. And we don't go through those moments alone. And I hope people read my book to know no matter what you're going through, others are there for you. You just have to be open to letting them in. I also hope people read my book for lessons on perspective, um, for lessons on... um, how to move forward and because it's all there and and to know that people will carry you when you need it. Mm-hmm. Um I, I've given loads of examples in my book. Um hmm. but everybody but I tell everyone all the time we all have our story. Yeah. And and for those who say, you know, I really don't know anybody. I just don't know, you know what? go to a place of worship, mm-hmm. go to a community center. In the back of the book, we actually put a resource section with places you can reach out to. Oh, that's
0: good. Um, yeah.
1: So, you know, listen, my book is my story. It, it, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. But it is also a story that can be replicated. And as I, as I say in the book, you know, it, it is in some of life's hardest moments and some of this country's hard, hardest moments our heroes and leaders are born and we've seen it over and over and over. So my book, rather than being one where, um, it tells a very sad story. It actually is one of hope mm-hmm. of moving forward of how to do so of amazing people who stepped into my life following what happened to my brother as well as my daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope people read it and realize, um, especially now during this time of COVID, yeah. 200,000 people have died, that I can get through this, but I'm going to do it with others.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like, I mean, I and I ask this of everyone, are you feeling... I don't know what the word is. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if I'm to say confident because I don't think anybody right now is confident. But like, do you feel that we are going to see a blue Congress and a Biden presidency? Do you feel that's going to happen?
1: I am counting on it. I am mm-hmm. determined. <laughs> I believe it is going to happen. Okay. I do believe this country is ready to throw these people out and ready to bring in Biden and a, a, a Democratic Senate Uh, Yeah. But. I will tell you, I don't want anybody just to assume someone else is going to make that happen Mm -hmm, for them. mm -hmm. Uh, And and so to make sure I will just simply say this vote, (laughs) every (laughs) single person needs to vote and not assume someone else is going to take care of it.
0: Um, And so let's say we've got this blue Congress, we've got Biden in there. Um, What are you going to do? And then like, what do you think outside of Jamie's law? uh, What other ways? I mean, I know the obvious other ways, but I just want to hear from you, your Mm -hmm. personal take on what the most important laws that we need to implement and enforce regarding, you know, the gun situation. What do we need to do in this country? Because clearly, People are just getting murdered all the time, and then and then we hear Republicans say immediately after, this isn't the time, and then they forget it, and yeah, and it's just the, yeah. the thoughts and prayers and the same stuff over and over and over again. So outside of Jamie's Law, what other laws do you think that we need to implement to make a real difference?
1: Well, listen, we, we need Jamie's Law, but we also need background checks on, on uh, firearms. We need mm-hmm. to pass that law that already passed the House last year that will close a bunch of loopholes. Okay, We need to raise the age of 21. We need to ban assault weapons. We need to ban high-capacity magazines. We need to get appropriate funding to the CDC to study gun violence and to make recommendations. We need to repeal a law called PLACA, which prevents people like me from being able to sue the gun manufacturer. They are shielded from my ability. If you want to do something to quickly change the course of how guns are retailed in this country and to ensure that it's done in a safer way, open up those gun manufacturers to lawsuits and that will get it done.
0: Yeah. Because so, parents are not, if, if you are not allowed to sue it, it, it's, and you're talking about the gun manufacturer, you are not allowed to sue the gun correct. manufacturer.
1: Correct. And, and, and the problem is we can show how they use their marketing dollars to market an AR-15 to kids. Um, right. And so nobody should be shocked that kids go out and buy AR-15s mm-hmm. and use them to shoot up students. Mm-hmm. You can show how it's been marketed to them, but we can't sue them for it. We can't say, you have to be held accountable for right. this. Um, but we should be able to. Yes.
0: It's like cigarettes. Kind of like cigarettes. Well,
1: it's exactly the same. Yeah. You know, the tobacco lobby broke when they had to deal with lawsuits.
0: Wow. Interesting. And then so what are you going to do? I mean, like moving forward, I mean, I'm going to say providing we have a blue administration, uh, what do you see yourself doing, uh, you know, to push your agenda?
1: Listen, my my I don't have a viewpoint beyond November 3rd because I'm (laughs) so committed to it. But on November 4th, Uh I wake up and hopefully have the ability to look forward to President Biden. Yeah and working with his administration, um, on gun safety measures that will, uh, start the process of lowering the gun violence death rate in this country. You know, that is what I intend to do. Mm-hmm. I intend to stand with president Biden who will sign gun safety yes. measures into law. Yeah. Um, and then. You know who knows, <laughs> you know
0: um,
1: who who knows. But but this is my life focus right now. Right. And, um, well, obviously you, know, you have yeah. a lot
0: on your plate. I mean, you've just got this book coming out, and you've been very vocal and very active. Um, and let me let me ask you too. Your your orange ribbon. What what is it called? The name of your organization
1: orange ribbons for Jamie.
0: And what is exact? what can you do over there? If you go over to your website, I did take a quick look. Um, are there actions people can take? Do you offer actions? What, what can people do over at that website?
1: Well, um, at the website number one you could say connected to to me and what i'm doing and to what the foundation is doing mm-hmm. um we do have the ability there there to register to vote oh good um, yeah great you can donate so we can continue to pursue the causes that are important to jamie um you can um send messages through the website to reach us directly um if you want to engage in specific things that we're doing Mm -hmm. so the website is um you know uh there for people to stay connected to us and when i say us i mean my wife and i and and those that we have helping us with the foundation Mm -hmm. Um, because we do try to do a lot of events uh you know it's been a little bit
0: um yeah with covid harder
1: with covid Mm -hmm. um but you know what the early part of covid we were running um, online programming for families so that, you know, parents were trying to find ways to entertain their kids. We had <laughs> things going on when you could click into our website. Um, and, you know, we, we've got our college scholarship program that we've started. Um, oh, that's so awesome. We, yeah. Yeah. And listen, my daughter, um, my daughter really um, was amazing. She wanted to be a pediatric physical therapist. She dedicated her spare time to volunteering for kids with special needs. And so our scholarship program is for kids of all abilities, Mm -hmm. scholarship. So we have, you know, we give, um, you know, basically I say it's like three buckets. Mm -hmm. One bucket is for a kid who wants to go to college and major in something where you're going to be helping others, Mm -hmm. for example, like physical therapy or doctor or something like that. But you have to have at least one year in dance, because Jamie did. Hmm. And you have to have a community service background, because Jamie did. Right. The second bucket is for kids who want to major in dance, but they also have to have that community service background. Mm-hmm. And then the third bucket is for kids with special needs. And this is why we call it the Kids of All Abilities Scholarship. Um, because kids with special needs, there's not always a lot of scholarships for them. And they don't always go on to traditional college education, but they'll go on to some kind of post-high school education, and we want to make sure that we're making um, scholarships available to them as well. So, yeah. you know, it's a very comprehensive program, and, um, you know, this was our first year where we got to do it. And My daughter will never get to go to college, but she's going to send other kids.
0: Wow, that's amazing. And that's so important. You know, <sighs> I just want to reiterate that you, what you're doing is so important and it's inspiring because you your family has been through, I mean, you talk about your brother three months before this happened, uh, passing away, and then your daughter, and It just seems so incredibly overwhelming. I can't can't even begin to imagine. And the fact that you and your family are turning this around and turning it into something positive is, I, I am personally grateful for it, and I know a lot of other people are. And so thank you for doing that. I also, quickly, I want to ask you, I know yeah. you were invited by Nancy Pelosi to the state of the union and you got kicked yeah. out. And so, uh, <laughs> kind of in awe of that, <laughs> but what was it that, what was it that, uh, he said, and then what was it that you said that got you yeah. kicked out? <laughs> he meaning Trump. Listen,
1: Trump. Yeah, I get it. Uh, <laughs> you know, earlier in the night, he did his usual thing attacking quote unquote illegals. Mm-hmm. Um, and blaming them for all the violence in the country and got to build the Southern wall, all that nonsense. And, you know, I, earlier in the night wanted to yell out, you know, the kid who murdered my daughter was a teenage American male. Um, but I kept my mouth shut, but I was upset. Right. As the night went on, he got to the part where he started talking about the second amendment and I will defend your second amendment, and which is under attack all over the country. And, I got really upset, but then when all the Republicans stood up and started ranting and raving and cheering, I screamed out nine words. What about victims of gun violence like my daughter? Wow. And that was it. And that was it. They pulled me out. They detained me. They cuffed me. They transported me to a holding facility, um, and. I spent the better part of the night there and eventually thanks to my helpers that evening, Mm -hmm. uh, by the names of Nancy Pelosi Mm -hmm. and Ted Deutsch, uh, I eventually was released.
0: That's insane. That just makes me so angry.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was a, it was a a horrible night. Yeah. Um, I talk about it in depth in the book uh, because I want people to know every detail of what happened that night. Yeah. And why it was so horrifying, uh, but also how my helpers helped, and and I don't just mean people like Nancy Pelosi. I mean what happened the next day, because I was at a I was devastated when yeah. this happened, I'm and sure. the next day in this country, people were going to social media with the hashtag I stand with Fred, mm-hmm. but more than that. They were talking about gun safety. And if not for what happened at the State of the Union, it would not have been part of the conversation the next day. So when I say find the helpers Mm -hmm. and I look at what happened following this, it is exactly what I'm talking about. I didn't expect it the next day, but it happened. And rather than feeling broken, which I felt that night, Mm -hmm. um, the next day I felt inspired and hopeful. Wow.
0: Wow, that's really amazing. And I mean, I just can't say enough that what you do is so important because you so many of us feel broken. So many of us feel frightened. And somebody like you helps to inspire feeling like finding that strength. And obviously it is through other people. It is through, whether it's family or friends or people on the internet supporting you or what, wherever it's coming from, it's there. But sometimes, you know, as you know, (laughs) very well, um, it it can get to you and take, and and it makes you feel like you're like, you can't win. And I just like going back to my feelings as far as just feeling frightened and everything. One thing I want to say very clearly is that as frightened as I may feel, um, it's it's not going to stop me from what I do. And I mean, I'm out here, you know, I mean, I have my boyfriend also has a podcast, Bob Seska. And even though we, we are kind of small potatoes in the like vocal against Trump, you know, journalists or podcasters, you know, I mean, I'm not Robert Costa. I'm not, I'm not the Maggie Haberman. We're not like high profile like that. And so but, it, but we have this feeling like, oh, my God, if, you know, Trump were to win or even right now, is he going to come after, you know, is he going to go after journalists? Is he going to go after people who are speaking against him? And so it's, it's, it's important that we remember that we are all united, not all, but most of us here are united, especially, I think, since 2016. Since we all understand what happened in 2016 and we can see like a, a repeat of that online, we can like we can all understand That, A, the Russians are interfering and attacking our democracy. And I'm sure, Mm -hmm. you know, the Republicans, because last night I was talking to my boyfriend and I said, I I meant to say Republicans and I said Russians. And I'm like, really, it doesn't matter. It's like the, the same. Now they're like the same because their agenda and their goal is the same, basically just to destroy our democracy. and. So it it just gets overwhelming, and so for anybody out there who feels overwhelmed, uh, I can point to you, and I could say, take a look at Fred and look what how he's been able to to rise above his grief. And I'm sure you have days where it's much harder than of others. Yeah, I, I'm but, sure you but, do.
1: But you know what? Even on those days, I always know. You know, at the end of the book, actually, the easiest way to say it is this, I I give the advice that my aunt gave to me when I was a teenager, Mm -hmm. which is in life, there's always going to be potholes and Mm -hmm. curves and bumps, but there's also going to be a lot of just straightforward road ahead. Mm -hmm. And her advice was always go forward. You'll always find your way. Um, Whether you hit the potholes or the bumps, you keep going forward. So on those days where I feel like I've hit a pothole or a Mm -hmm. bump, I keep going forward. I keep relying on my people, and I find my way. Right now, my advice is this, very simply, to anybody who gets overwhelmed by Trump, stop thinking about Trump. Start thinking about Biden, and make sure you vote.
0: Well, that's just the best possible advice. <laughs> um, I'm just going to take that and 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 end th- with that because that is absolutely the best advice. Um, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. What links do you want people yeah. to go to?
1: Well, so you, I listen. I spend most of my time on Twitter.
0: <laughs> yes, as, as read, many of us do. <laughs> Fred
1: underscore Gutenberg. Uh, And, you know, I'm also on Facebook. I do have a public page there, uh, you know, on Instagram under orange ribbons dad. Um, So, but if you want to follow me and see what I'm thinking pretty much every minute of the day. Twitter
0: is the place to <laughs> yeah me too you can see me screaming and shouting um, awesome so there's and then I'm going to include the link to your book in the uh, um, the description of the text of the patreon for this show so Perfect. Th- thank you for writing it thank you for being on and I just I quickly just want to say I'm sorry that I'm a little down today uh, this is I'm just having a hard time so as you know I'm, I'm going through that but thank you for being here thank you for being an inspiration for writing that book for everything you do I know I speak for many when I say say you are an inspiration to all of us so so thank you so much fred
1: thank you i appreciate you taking the time with me today
0: all right well you take care you too I, know. I wish that i was not in this mood and so i kind of apologize i'm already i, I want to take fred's advice <laughs> i'm sorry i have to take a minute i want to take his advice because i'm having a hard time Maybe you're my helpers. I just feel like maybe so many, I'm sorry for crying and I don't usually do this. But I think maybe some of you might need to be my helper. Because I'm worried. I'm worried for myself. I'm worried for my family. I'm worried... About this country, I don't know what's going to happen. I saw a tweet earlier. I don't know why you know I wake up randomly in the middle of the night and check my phone and I go to Twitter, which is like so stupid, right? I should stop looking at the fucking internet when I'm trying to sleep. but the funny thing is is I wake up and uh, because I can't sleep, and then I look at Twitter and you know sometimes that just makes me fall asleep. <laughs> But I saw somebody say, maybe we need to recognize or make peace with the fact that we're never going to be what we used to be. And I mean, I can live with that. I can live with this country moving forward after such a terrible four years. I'm actually open to that because I think that sometimes when we go through such traumatizing experience. You know, like when, when we're traumatized, we can learn from that. Just like with Fred, you know, he's, he had this unbelievable tragedy, two tragedies, losing a daughter. I can't even imagine, but he took that and he turned it into something positive. He will always live with that grief. He will always live with that trauma, but he is, he is making something positive out out of something that's so awful. And I think that it's, you know, same thing can be applied to this country we've been traumatized. I I posted that last night because it's like something I don't remember exactly my words. But it's like a woman who's in an abusive marriage and can't get out because the the husband control and you know what I could I could turn this around and make it an abusive woman but I'm just I just, you know, and, and I'm sure that there might be someone out there who's going to yell at me just because I use this particular fucking <laughs> um, scenario. But there could be a scenario where, you know, there's a woman who has children who doesn't have a job and the the man controls the money and, and he's threatened her. If you leave, I'm going to, you know, chase you. I'm going to kill you, whatever. We've all heard these stories before. It's not uncommon. And so I always, you know, liken the American public right now to that abused spouse who can't fucking break free. And you know, it's, it's funny because it should be a lesson to anybody who tells women, Oh, you should have left. You should have done this because it's very easy for people to point their finger and say, you know, oh, you should do this and you should do that. You don't know what people's circumstances are, and in this case, our circumstances that we are stuck with him. And I, I did a, a tweet earlier, and I'm getting a little bit. I'm a lot of people are agreeing with me, but I'm getting some blowback on it, and it's really fucking pissing me off. And I'm, I'm gonna read the tweet here. Um, but I said it's easy, oh, of course. The way Twitter works just bugs me. Okay. It's easy to blame Pelosi right now, but it isn't fair. The reason Democrats have very little power is because Democratic voters sat home in 2010 and 2014. They thought having a Democratic president was enough. So if you're going to point your finger, face the facts, voters put us in this position, which, okay, maybe people who didn't vote put us in this position. I could have worded it slightly better. But I'm getting people arguing with me and telling me stop blaming voters. Look. We have to be able to look back at what we have done collectively and how we can improve in the future. And yes, people who didn't vote in 2010 and in 2014 because they thought we had everything we needed with Obama were wrong. And they helped put us in this position and you know and then people say to me that oh well they're pointing out the electoral college because of 2016 i'm not talking about 2016 i'm talking about those two elections and i'm talking specifically about the fact that we had a you know some of these people are saying gerrymandering yeah i'm sure gerrymandering certainly got in the way but the bottom line is the voter turnout was very low in, in the two midterms that we had while Obama was president. It was low. While Trump was president, the midterms saw a very high voter turnout. And we had gerrymandering then. And we still had a big fucking blue wave. So I don't want to hear all of these people getting upset with me because I'm saying the truth. We have to be able to, it's it's not so much about blame. It's about recognizing where we went wrong, what we thought, how we the choices that we make. I'm not one of them, but I'm gonna include everybody in this. Democratic voters were the ones who failed to show up. They just didn't show up. In 20, I've said this so many times on the show, and I'm just so pissed today, so I'm sorry, but I got a vent. In 2014 it was a historically low turnout it was like the the worst turnout in 80 years so i don't want to hear gerrymandering yes we had gerrymandering in that election but but we had gerrymandering in 2018 and it didn't it we had enough people show up that the gerrymandering didn't matter and that's the point if you look at the at the at the amount of people who voted half the country didn't fucking vote in 2016 and so, yeah, when you, I can bring that into it. But my main point was we would not be in this position right now with, uh, you know, the Senate wanting to rush through a Supreme Court confirmation hearing. We might not be in it because if Democrats would have showed up and would have kept the Senate blue, this would not even be an issue. Mitch McConnell would not be the, the Senate majority leader. It wouldn't even be an issue. And I realize right now that so many of us, including me, I am very much on edge today. I'm very angry. I'm very pissed off. I'm pissed off at the fact that people, you know, don't understand how government works. I used to be one of them, and and I know that whether it's 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 civics in schools that is not taught anymore or you need to have groups of people educating the American public on the way government works, whether it's the Democratic Party or, or private groups. We need it because we don't have it, and people don't understand it, and we are turning into an idiocracy. I, I have very low patience today, and I do uh, I do want to make an apology for the fact that today is especially hard for me. I'm having such a hard time, and I feel bad because I wanted... I feel like, you know, I mean, I had... Fred on and I mean I asked all the questions that I wanted to ask and Fred's a wonderful guy but uh, you know I feel like because I'm in this terrible horrible mood which I did explain to him at the beginning of the show I just I feel like I almost did him a disservice because I I'm so down but maybe the, the maybe it's good that he was on today because I do need to find people because I'm having a fucking hard time I'm scared for everybody for my friends and for my mother and we've got to do this. We've got to show up and we've got to vote and we've got to do it to save this country. I'm not I'm not really sorry for crying. I'm just I'm just sorry that I was unable to pull myself out of this mood because it's just I'm just so pissed. And so today what I have on the schedule is what I always have on the schedule for fucking Wednesdays. I go to the grocery store and then I'm going to have to, you know, I mean, regardless of what everybody else does, I treat this virus like, like it's going to kill me. I I treat everything that comes into my house as completely contaminated. So it's stressful. I go to the grocery store and I, I have a place cleared out on my kitchen floor where I put the bags, I I have this whole process. And then I put every single thing into the sink and I wash every single thing down. I do not use obviously soap or anything like that for for vegetables. I I don't put that on something like, you know, a spring onion or whatever, but I I wash them and I wash my mushrooms and I fear, I I still, I get worried, like, did somebody cough on my lettuce? You know, I, I wonder about this. So it's stressful. COVID is stressful enough but it's like this grocery shopping thing is is just like I come home and I do that, you know, I get all the, the groceries away. I fucking spray my kitchen down with alcohol and then I go and I take a shower. And only after I'm out of the shower do I feel like, OK, well, now there's there's like no germs anywhere. And maybe when I go to the store, there's no germ on me. But I just I, I don't know. And I'm as you can hear, I feel like I'm falling apart. I want, I want you all to know that I am not falling apart, but I'm just, I'm so fucking angry right now. I'm so angry and I, I hate what we're going through. And I keep thinking about, geez, what, uh, what if Hillary Clinton was the president? Everything would be so much better. We would probably be at a, you know, a place where we flatten the curve, you know, but we're not there. And and I, I, I can't think about that all day long. I have to think about what is ahead of us. And so this is probably the most emotional I've ever been. I wanted to, you know, it's like I I was holding back tears when I started this damn interview. And I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to feel defeated anymore. I've never cried like this before on a fucking podcast. And I'm angry, ah, I'm angry and resentful. <laughs> I'm going to be fine. I'm sure people are going to think that I need psychological help right now, and I'm going to be fine, but I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Um, kind of one of the only things that's keeping me going right now <laughs> is there's this guy by the name of, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, Christopher Bowsey or I don't know, it's B-O-S, no, I'm sorry, B-O-U-Z-Y. He is, I, I think he's written for Law Lawfare Blog, which I know he's associated with Benjamin Wittes. I I, I think he, he has a He started a website called Bot Centennial, I think. So anyway, he's calling out Ryan Knight. And I can't officially recommend anybody doing what this guy is doing. And he's not doxing Ryan Knight. He's very careful not to put out personal information about, you know, like... address phone number stuff like that he's not doing that but he is saying that ryan is lying about who he is and about the money that he's making and that he received twenty thousand dollars i don't know back in 2018 to tweet out whatever you know democratic messages and then he made this abrupt switch over after it was literally after the new hampshire primary he went from warren who he was like a super fan to being a, a bernie bro really and so this Christopher person evidently has got some receipts and he's putting them out there. I mean, he put out Ryan's tax returns. He, he blotted out all the private information. He just backed up the fact that he knew that Ryan got that $20,000. And then he also referred to Ryan as, he, uh, what did he say? Something about a, a criminal past. So Ryan denied that. And then I guess, I guess this Christopher guy offered up, what is it, uh, case numbers so then Ryan comes back on. And he's like, "Oh well, you're talking about my DUIs." <laughs> and then, and then there was another thing where Ryan did some kind of GoFundMe for his dog, where he raised five thousand dollars, and evidently didn't offer receipts as to what happened. So this guy Christopher saying that not only did did he ask for the five thousand dollars and not show receipts during that particular particular year, there were several vacations to Hawaii. Anyway, you should go to his feed. B O U Z Y is his last name, Christopher is his first name. And it's quite amazing. It's quite amazing what he's doing. And again, you know, I mean I, I look at I look at somebody or like that group Anonymous and I, I, I have mixed feelings. They have the power to do good, but they also have the power to completely ruin someone. And so this guy, Christopher, is clearly looking to out Ryan for being a grifter and a fraud. And I guess time will tell if he's successful in that. But it kind of gives me a little bit of, I don't know, pleasure to see Ryan actually being called out for something because he, he insists that the only money he's ever made is from his Patreon page and that he only makes about $400 a month. So he's not telling the truth. <laughs> and so this guy's calling him out. And it's like, get out your popcorn because boy, he's he's serious. That's uh, as you could see, talking about that, I'm not crying anymore. I still have a stuffed nose. But I, I feel weird because it's almost like I want to apologize, but I don't want to apologize for feeling the way I feel. I'm just like at a breaking point today. I'm just really very, 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 sick and tired of all this shit. And, you know, my mother's back has gone out on her and I feel helpless and there's nothing I can do. And there's this issue with her chiropractor that she can't see him until tomorrow and blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's like, I, I, I'm I just sitting here feeling like, oh my God, what the fuck am I, you know, what are we going to do? and And it's just, it's all very jarring it's just jarring and it got to me today so again it's not that i i'm not going to say i'm sorry but i can't help but feeling i'm sorry that i'm you know not my normal self that i'm not my normal I don't know. I don't know how you would describe me. You guys can describe me because I don't really know how to describe me. But I mean, I'm always sarcastic and sometimes I can, you know, use humor. But today I just don't feel like I have much humor. I just I just feel like I want to crawl up and go to bed and wake up when Joe Biden is president and find out that he's already put like five new fucking Supreme Court justices on there. Because I'm like terrified of losing my health insurance. I'll leave it with this. But um, yesterday. Bob was in his office. I was in my office. And there's like a room that divides us. So I saw that Mitt Romney was okay to go ahead with the vote. He, he didn't say that he would confirm. doesn't matter. He said he was, gonna, he was fine with the president. He voted to convict. Uh, it was fine that he had a confirmation hearing. And I just completely lost my mind, and I started sobbing. I was crying so hard and so loud. Bob thought someone died. <laughs> it's like, yeah, my health insurance is going to fucking die. And in the end, I'll be able to buy health insurance, but it's going to be crappy. It's going to be fucking crappy like the rest of us. We're and, and COVID is a pre-existing condition. Knock on wood, I haven't had COVID. But if I get it, well, it's that. You know what else is a fucking pre-existing condition? Acne. I learned that because I was, you know, filling out something for... Some insurance before Obamacare, I was filling out a form for an insurance company and I had put down that I have acne and they told me that because of that my premium was going up. Fuck insurance companies. Jesus. Oh my god, it makes me so angry. Anyway, I said I was gonna leave it at that, so I'm gonna leave it at that. (laughs) Tomorrow I am talking with Stephanie and I'm really gonna need to because She, you know, Stephanie, she's just like this bright spot. She's always, even when she cries, she's passionate and happy. But yesterday she did a Zoom call with Julian Castro and I watched it and it was so fantastic. She did a great job. She's so cute and funny and energetic. And so we're going to for sure talk about that. I know she's going to want to share her experience there. But we'll talk about that, and uh, you know, I know we're going to talk about some other things. So thanks for listening to me vent today. That's about the best I can do. You can find my books on Amazon. It would be great if you went and bought some. Uh, if I have Peyton's Choice. That's about teen abortion. Obviously, I'm pro-choice, so I wrote it with that in mind, pro-choice. Then I have American Woman, the Poll Dance Woman in Voting, pretty much self-explanatory except well no it isn't it's the importance of voting but basically that book was my experience as an activist a little bit of history about women who have you know paved the way for equal more equal rights and there was just a mix of like how you can vote. If you, you know, like different ways, like for instance, college kids could get together and have parties where they all talk about, you know, they, they bring in their sample ballot and talk about each one. So I offer different strategies to be prepared to vote, which actually I am going to say there is a woman who follows me on Facebook and this is a very long story. So I'm just going to give you the really skinny tag, you know, she, she was a sex worker and actually she still is a sex worker. But she had read my book, The Virgin Diaries, and that totally changed her life because she said, I didn't realize that other people had different experiences that she only had experiences coming from being forced into sex work. And I think she does sex work now as a choice, but I think it's just also because she doesn't really... You know, she comes from a family who's kind of abusive, and, and this is what she knows. She, I, I, I would not describe her as a sad person because she read my book and she explained, you know, the Virgin Diaries, that it really helped her and helped her to understand, you know, how. It, didn't, it doesn't have to be the way that her life was. But then beyond that, she read American Woman and she contacted me, I think it was in 20, I don't remember which year, it was a midterm. And she said, because of you and because of this book and the things that you've been posting about online, I am completely prepared to vote for the very first time in my life. So there's that. So there's American Woman, and then there's also The Virgin Diaries, which is the stories of first-time sex. So it was 72 men and women, gay and straight, describe their first time. And then uh, there's also me, uh, Ain't No Sunshine, Men Reveal the Pain of Heartbreak, which is a collection of stories from men who describe what it feels like to have a broken heart and how, how they handle it. Because a lot of times people think women have it harder than men. And I actually believed that it was probably the opposite because women are allowed to express their emotions. If you haven't noticed, I've been doing it you know, <laughs> since I hung up with Fred, but women are allowed to express our emotions, but men aren't. And so men have them. They just don't always get like, they, they don't always feel that they can. And in this book, the stories that I received proved that point, that men don't feel that they can be open so much about their, their grief and their pain because they're viewed as weak. So, those are my books. You can go to Amazon and check them out. Kimberly Johnson, you can also find me on Twitter, author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y. And last, my mother wrote the book The Melt, which is about a global pandemic and she released it during COVID. Isn't that fucking crazy? She started writing it in December of 2016. So, you know, it was a lame duck for Obama. We knew we knew Trump was going to be the president. And my mom just for some reason got an idea to write a book about a global pandemic caused by fucking climate change. (laughs) So if you happen, that's on, it's called The Melt. And it's, and I always include the link to her book in the description, you know, all those links that I include in the Patreon description, go check them out. Um, you can find it there. But she's also Ann Werner, A-N-N, and then W-E-R-N-E-R. It's a really good book and it's getting good reviews. It's a new book out there. So if you read it, if you read my book, whatever, this show, please give us a review. We need it. And okay, I'm going to shut up now. I've calmed down clearly. I'm going to shut up. And thank you for listening. Stay tuned for the patrons only episode with Steph and me tomorrow. All right, everybody, stay safe.